0: Merry Christmas, everybody. It's me, Jack, with my North Pole hat here. Um, We're welcoming you here at Haven Church. Of course, we're not here at Haven Church this week. Um, We want to give a time to everybody who serves, an opportunity to go ahead and be with their kids, um, and family, and visit everybody, and celebrate the Lord's birth together. But we also want to create an opportunity. We're glad that we had that opportunity for everybody to join an online church this week. So we're, here we are. If it's your first time, welcome. If you're doing this every week, you're, you're you're used to this, and so we're glad that you're here. So here we go. We're going to celebrate the Lord's birth in many ways. We've got uh, several songs that we're going to sing. You can follow along on the screen just by going ahead and reading the words. We want you to sing loud. Get the whole family involved. Wake the neighbors. We want to celebrate the Lord's birth.
1: Jesus laid down his sweet head. Right.
2: Christ, our Savior, was born upon this day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. What oh, tidings of comfort and joy! Comfort and joy! What oh, tidings of comfort and joy! From God, our Heavenly Father, this blessed angel came. And unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same, how that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy.
3: Hark the herald angels
4: sing Glory to the newborn King Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled Joyful all ye nations rise Jelly
0: All right, we're gonna open this week with prayer, so bow with me, bow your heads with me right where we are. Lord Jesus, we come to you today. We thank you for for who you are, for our lives, and for your birth. Uh, This changed the whole entire world. And so, even though we're not here together, um, as we usually are on church on Sunday, we know that where two or three are gathered in your name, there are you. So use your Holy Spirit on this. This day we celebrated your birth, and let's just have an incredible worship together. And may the words that uh, the message say and may the words that we sing together uh, just just fill your heart with praise. In Christ's name, amen. Me, um, I, I just want to say thank you. It's uh, it's amazing who God is. At times that we we tend to lose connection. At times, you know what I mean? Anybody ever? Anybody feel like over the last year, last year, you may, there may have been some points where you might have lost a little bit of connection with God along the way. You may have had a moment, even if it was a moment, you may have had like a blip, and just to recognize how God just never never gives up on us, and He just constantly. Reach out in that love, and um, and so uh, I, I'm at, at times I'm I'm humbled, and um, and just uh, set back how God still continually calls me to this. Um, sometimes I wish He'd call somebody next door, um, but other times I'm just thrilled that God is is present. Um, anybody feel like it should be like October? Is there anybody else who feels like that? Like it's just like. I want I figure I should say happy Halloween. <laughs> uh, you know, um, it, it's, it, 2014 was a blur in many ways. Um, and a lot of stuff went on with that. And, um, but you know, I, I heard a song the other day. It was one of my favorite songs from college. I went to school in West Virginia. And it was a song by a guy named Garth Brooks. Anybody heard Garth Brooks? Um, and he sang the song, um, The Dance. Anybody ever heard that song? Dance. Um, I'm not going to sing it for you tonight. Um, You'll be glad. Um, But I started thinking about dance, and there's a lot of song about dance. My girls are in dance, and there's a lot of dance, dance, dance. I know some of you have have children in dance, and we're uh, dance. uh, Cecil dances right here, and um, and I just thought, how how many of you like to dance? I mean, how do you really like to dance? Okay, who does not want to dance at all? All right, so we're you guys come on up and. um, You know, there's something about music, too. I love music, too. And I have, like, one of the most eclectic, weird—let's just call it what it is—weird iPod selections. I will have Defying Gravity on there from Glee, the Wicked song. Anybody know that one? Um, I have two versions of it. That's how much I like that song. And then I will have um, that—then I'll have ACDC. Then I'll have Chris Tomlin. And and then occasionally I'll have that song— Working your way downtown, watching fast. A Thousand Miles. Anybody know that song? I, I have that. I, so I have a really weird thing. But there's certain songs that when I hear, they just make me want to dance. You, are you with me here? Anybody? Hear some songs? Now, I, I, Melinda's going to give us, give us a, a couple of them. And I guarantee you, some of you will want to dance. I know you will, Fred, because you're a dancer, right? So Melinda, give me the first one. What do you want to do? Come on, right? You just want Come on, y'all want to do it. I see you you see. He has made gazillions of dollars just by, on, right? And you know y'all you want to do it. If that was played at a wedding, you guys would be like, woo, let's go. You know, you start. And so that's one of them. Now, that's not the only song. Are you ready? Let's go for another one. Let's check out this one. Right? And then, yeah. Right? Come on, you all wanna do it, don't you? You all wanna do it. It doesn't matter. I'm sure when they wrote that song, they didn't think that people at weddings for eighty years will be going like this, you know? And then you got the people who really show off and they're like spinning around like that, you know those. But that song makes people wanna dance. All right, give me one more. I think one more, Melinda. You know you really want to do this. I see you already. Right? You're just hey. Here we go. Right? Do you know they sang this song? This was an old song that was sang around in the Hispanic area for a while. Did I didn't say shut that off? uh No. Uh, but it was sang for years, and I see it. You're going She's already starting right there. Look at her. She's like, and you all want to do it. There's something about certain songs like that. All right, we'll stop before I keep before everybody's this massive stereo on Christmas Eve, right? I see, I see you, Hannah. You're going. See, there's something about these songs, am I right? I, you notice I didn't play any twerk music, so we don't want any of that in the church. Um, we'll leave that up to King David. Okay. Um, wow, but there's something about these songs that just make us want to dance. And, you know, if you've been, I I was thinking about to like the first kind of dance kind of stuff I did. Yeah, there were weddings and things, but I remember at Northeast Middle School, the first middle school dance and how they kept us outside until they opened the school. Anybody remember this? And then they'd open the doors, and we herded down the hallway like cattle to get into the cafetorium, as it's called. Not cafeteria, cafetorium. And then there was the lights and the music, and when DJs had to bring, like, tons of records, kids, that's like a CD, well, it's like an MP3 that's real. Forget it, you, won't, you can't figure it out. And they'd play them, and they'd have crates, and you go up and say... And, and the thing about, there was a lot of pressure when I was in middle school about songs and dancing because it was the breakdancing stage. Right? You remember that? Anybody can worm and you know King Tut and Michael Jackson moonwalking and all this stuff. This, there was a lot of pressure. I think more cardboard boxes were stolen for people to use as a break board. Anybody have a break board? Anybody? Okay, there we go. So, and did you have the zipper pants? That's my boy. There we go. All right, but I remember watching people dance, and I remember, you know, I was always one, drop a hat, hey, I'll go dance, whatever. But I remember there was also people who would like stand on the wall and wouldn't move, and there's people who definitely won't move out anywhere. And then you, when you've been at weddings and stuff, you sometimes see some people who probably should stay on the wall, because <laughs> it's not good. Um, not good at all. Uh, but, you know, and then, when I, then I went to school, to college, and I found out that for many people, alcohol and dancing went hand in hand. And they really should have not done either if they had seen what they looked like there. But if, you, if you're a good DJ, if you're a really good DJ, you know what music to play at the right time to get people moving. I, I, how many of you have been to a wedding and not heard the chicken dance? Right, the chicken dance. Are you kidding me? And everybody will do it. They'll drag people up, and they'll do these things time and time again. For you, no matter when you were raised, it may have been the atomic dog. Anybody remember that one? Look it up on YouTube. Um, the electric slide or the cha-cha slide, which tells you exactly what to do each second. So if you can't dance, you can figure it out by listening. Some of you are country, and you like the boot scoop boogie. Here we go, Dozy Do, okay? The Twist, the Sprinkler, the, the Cabbage Patch, the Running Man, right? I mean, running Man. Um, if I, I, The one song I, I almost put on but I didn't was Apache, and I would have been doing the Carlton, and it would not have been a, a, a service. Some of you may like the Tango. Um, Melissa and I, when we went, were down in the Dominican Republic, we went dancing because they had a place to dance down there. And we had no clue what we're doing, and every song is about five hours long, and we just acted like we knew exactly what we're doing, and everybody was like, "Ooh," and we're like, "Ah," eh. you know, just just a lot of upper body stuff like that. And that's all I did: um, the Macarena or the Tootsie Roll. All right? You want to do the Tootsie Roll? Um, whatever it may be, depending upon your time, you probably had a song, or you could have that Land of a Thousand Dances. You got to know how to pony. Like bony Maroney and all those things. Depending on when you were raised, there was probably a specific dance that you remember. And when these songs, and they're usually attached to a song, and when they're attached to a song, we recognize that we do have two groups. The ones that are ready to respond and get down right away, and the ones that kind of stand against the wall and just wait. I tend to be the first one, as I said. I've always loved to dance. And some of you, I know, are nervous that I'm talking about dance because you're afraid that a disco ball is going to drop down and we're going to start Saturday Night Fever right here this evening. Don't worry, we're not going to do that. And others of you are saying, "Uh, it's Christmas. What is he doing talking about dancing? Because what I believe is this tells us a little bit what Christmas is about Jesus coming into the world, and with it, he brought a new song, he brought a new message. A song that demands a response from all of us. And we have a choice to either get up and dance or stay on the wall. Now, I want to read to you some other scriptures that have nothing to do with the Christmas message. But the first one comes from Matthew chapter 11. Now, Jesus is beginning to teach and he's so powerful. John the Baptist has baptized him and actually seen him and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But yet, through this time, John had had some issues. But his message is so powerful, Jesus' message is so powerful, that a guy, one of his followers, Matthew, began to record it. And he gave this recording in Matthew chapter 11. And in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus begins and shares. It says what Matthew says here. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, he went out to teach and preach in the towns throughout the region. He went out to preach and teach. John the Baptist, this is verse 2, John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus a question. Now let's stop here. Let's look at John the Baptist. And there's the question that he asked. So hold on to that. We're going to touch on that in a second. John the Baptist was, he was an interesting guy. Now just to let you know, Baptist is not his denomination, It was what he did. He was known as John the Baptizer. And there's there's a couple Johns in Jesus' life. It was a popular name back then. One of those was John, the brother of James, who was a follower of his. But then you have John the Baptist here. And John the Baptist was actually Jesus' cousin. But John the Baptist, or as I learned about in seminary, J-Bap, was an interesting guy. He was a little bit odd for our standards. He was a guy who hung out in the wilderness... His main job was to prepare people's hearts and minds for Jesus. He hung out, as I said, in the wilderness. He ate locust and wild honey. Anybody having that tomorrow for dinner? No, locust and wild honey. He wore camel skin clothing. And his hair and beard were long. It's kind of like if you took Duck Dynasty and throw him out in the wilderness. That's what you'd have. Okay? And so here's John. And John has been preaching and teaching, and he had a very powerful message. He always spoke the truth, and he spoke the truth so much that in many cases, it upset a lot of people. And one of the reasons why he is now in prison is because he upset Herod's wife, who actually was his sister-in-law, and there's a big story. If you want to read it, go ahead. But he upset her. She hasn't put him in prison. So here he is in prison, and he... And he begins to ask a question. Here's the question. Let's go back to that question that we have here. The question he says, he sends his followers to Jesus and says this. Are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Or should we keep looking for someone else? You see, the Messiah that they were looking for was somebody who was going to be a world changer. Somebody who was going to change everything for them. A savior, a Messiah. Now, John knew Jesus. He's even just claimed that he is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But what he does is something that you and I do a lot of times. When we find ourselves in situations or areas where life does not make sense or doesn't turn out the way we thought it would, we begin to have some doubts and some questions. Anybody been there? We begin to question everything. Our calling, where we are, where God wants us. If God is really paying attention. And sometimes we even get to the point of if God is even there. And we begin to question those things that we once held very true. It's interesting that Jesus responds in this, in, verses four, in verse 4. And look at what he says here. And we're going to put this up on the screen. Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, and the lepers are cured. Tell him what you see. Tell him how you see this. This is a list of things that was written hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, before Jesus came on the scene. And he's answering John's question by saying, tell them all that stuff that the prophets wrote is coming true. So in a sense, what he's saying is, I'm him. Tell him it's cool. I'm him. I'm the one. But then he says, tell him one more thing. Let's bring this up here. The deaf here, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. He's told him all the stuff. Now, one more thing. He says, oh, wait, wait. Tell John this as well. And tell him, God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. Look at that again. God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. One of the first things that I want to share with you here today, this evening, is this. Blessed is the person who does not respond negatively to Jesus. Jesus. Blessed is the person who doesn't respond negatively to Jesus. You say, Jack, what does that mean? Because sometimes in our life, when our lives and our situations don't work out the way we think they should, our lives don't seem as smooth as they were. We felt God calling us to an area and it's not that smooth. Then all of a sudden, we can kind of get tripped up and be like John and begin to question, Jesus, are you the one that you said you are in my life? We get tripped up on circumstances And we leave Jesus where he is rather than taking him with us through the different circumstances. But wait a second, Jesus. You promised that I would have life and have it abundantly if I gave my life to you. And yet, as I look around, I don't see it. I don't feel it. Not at all. I have no job. My spouse left me, or, or those people that I love have passed away, and I prayed for healing, and I'm, and I'm hearing you say this. My life in 2014 doesn't look as abundantly as it once started off, and I hoped. My kids don't talk to me. I'm alone. And we began to question these things. Well, you know, Jesus always had a crowd of people around him, always. And one of the other people that was around him was a guy named Luke. Luke. And Luke picks up this story in his seventh chapter and writes this down. And he gives this other eyewitness account. So we have this situation that's going on. And here's what Luke picks up and says right here. In verse 29, he says, When they they all heard this, all the people that were there, all the people, even the tax collectors agreed that God's way was right. Now, I find it very interesting here that when they heard this, everybody, and they even add this, even the tax collectors. Now, when we seek out to get jobs, I, I've never heard a little kid say, I want to be a tax collector when I grow up." Even in our culture today, that's not deemed, if you say, if you meet somebody, you say, hi, what do you doing? They say, I work for the IRS. You go, ooh, okay, hey, you know, don't audit me. You know, we, we say it that as a joke, but we're really hoping they don't. Am I right? And, And so we don't see people who grow up and say, oh, that's what I want to do. Baseball player, you know, sports star, movie star, whatever. We have those things. I've never had a little kid say, I want to be an IRS agent. You know, nobody's ever said that. And in this time, it was even worse. They were deemed the worst of the worst. Actually, in history, around the time of this history, there was actually one more job that was just above a tax collector. It was a dung collector. Everybody know what dung is? Okay, if they don't tell somebody next to you. All right. So there was actually laws written that if you married someone who was a dung collector and you couldn't handle it, you could divorce them and they had to give you half of their money, no matter what, as a dung collector. And they warned you not to marry dung collectors. Below them were tax collectors. Because what happened was, Rome was smart When they took over a place, they needed money. They wanted money to support troops, but they also wanted the money to build roads and other things. So they figured if we put our people in charge, they will never collect, and there'll be this evil feeling toward us even more so than it is. So let's use their own people. So what they would do, they would put it out for bid. And so people would say, I can get, uh, in this area here, I can probably get uh, $25 million a year. And they say, okay, well, you're the highest bidder. We're giving it to you. By the end of the year, you better have $25 million or else they're coming looking for you, Romans. So people would take as much as they can. They would even skim off the top so they got paid a little bit more as well, just to make sure. So it was a dirty job. Actually, history records that in one city, there was one honest tax collector that they actually made a statue to. That's how bad the job was. So you understand? Think of the scum of the earth and that's what you have here. Even the tax collectors, the worst of the worst, agreed that God's way was right after hearing Jesus. They all heard this and said, this is what we need. But in Luke 30, we learn that there's another group of people. And let's read that. But the Pharisees and the experts in religious law rejected God's plan for them. What we have here is one of those... Interesting situations where the people who had no clue about God heard the message and realized who Jesus was, and that was what they needed for their life. And then we have the people who were religious leaders who shut their ears. In other words, what we have, we have that same group that they heard the new song that Jesus put out, and they were ready to dance to it. They heard it and were like, (laughs) All right, let's go. Let's go. Macarena, Jesus. And then you have the other people who hear it and go, "Mm -mm. no, I'm not dancing to this tune. It's not what I see, it's not how I see God working. These two groups are still involved in our world today. Those who will admit, I don't have my life altogether. My life's a mess, my family's a mess. Oh, I may put in good and I may walk in and I may smile and I may say good things like Jesus loves me and I may act like I have it all together. But guess what? Deep down in, I don't have it all together. And when I'm honest with I don't have it all together and I need you Jesus, then I can play the song that he has and maybe I can dance a little bit with him. We say I'm far from perfect. I've made a mess of my life. I need somebody to point my right, life in the right direction. I need a savior. And then we have group two who has everything all figured out. Not perfect. but You know, I've got a decent life. And so we push back on Jesus. You ever tried to get somebody to dance who doesn't want to dance and you start pulling them and they hold on to the chair and they're, they're not doing that? A lot of us do that with Jesus. It's interesting how Jesus responds to the Pharisees and the religious leaders when they push back. And he goes... He looks at them and he says, to what can I compare this generation of people? What can I compare this people of this generation? How can I describe them? And I find his description to be fascinating. In other words, Jesus says, what am I going to do with you? What am I going to do with you guys? He says, I got it. In verse 32, he says, they're like children playing a game in the public square. What does that mean? Well, during this time, all business was done in the family square. And what would happen is, you bring your kids along. And you ever, you ever been somewhere where you bring kids along, and they just go play? They figure something to do? If it's boys, they'll just run and wrestle. Wrestle and run. Wrestle and run, run and wrestle. If it's girls, they'll do something. Like be like, they'll be dramatic somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> I have three girls. That's how it works with me. Um, and here you go. Look, look at what it says. He continues on here. He goes, he, he looks at this, uh, this verse, he says, how can we describe them? They're like children playing games in a public square, and they complain to their friends. Listen how they complain to their friends. We played wedding songs, and you didn't dance. So we played funeral songs, and you didn't weep. This is one of those verses in Scripture we read, and we go, huh? You know, I remember being a kid and I would go to my friend's house and we'd be ready to go out and say, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What is there to do? Nothing. Well, how about we do this? Nah. Mm -hmm. Well, we could go cruise Newark. Nah. Well, wait, no. Well, we could sit here and do nothing. No, that's boring. It's the same thing that what Jesus is saying here. There's kids saying, hey, let's do this. Let's play duck, duck, goose. No. Well, let's sit here and throw rocks at each other. No. What what Jesus is saying here is, I played the chicken dance in the electric slide for you. And you were like having no parts of it. That's the wedding songs I was playing. And you didn't dance. So guess what? I did the opposite. I played funeral dirges. I played the really slow version of Amazing Grace and In the Garden and One More Day by Diamond Rio and I even played Tears in Heaven and just to top it off to make you really depressed I played Kenny G. (laughs) I don't know what to do now. I don't know what to do with you is what Jesus says. Because you're not responding to my song and my message. I have a message for you. It's worth responding to. Because it's one that's full of hope and full of joy, of a great news. There's a message contained in there of forgiveness. But i got to tell you something. It's not a message for those who have it all together and have it all figured out. It's not a message for those who know all the answers. It's a message for those who are hurting. It's a message for those who don't have it all together. It's a message for those who look in the mirror and say, you know what, everybody else may have a problem, but so do I. And I need a savior and you're it. I just need somebody to point me in the right way. But guess what? I don't only just need somebody to point me in the right way. Because Jesus not only points in the right way. He tells us this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And when in history somebody makes a statement like that, we have to respond to that. Think, for instance, the great speeches of all times. Think of John F. Kennedy. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And you know people signed up in record numbers for the Peace Corps and other kinds of things because of that one statement. Martin Luther King had a dream and he shared it with people. I have a dream. And guess what? Other people took the ball and helped pick it up. And we're still not there, but we're closer than we've ever been because he stood up and paid an ultimate penalty, ultimate price for his life, for his cause. But Jesus gave us a greater message than all the other ones combined. Where he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one gets into heaven except by me. That is a song we have to respond to. At some level, we have to realize. And we need to check it out. When evidence in history tells us there was a day when he was born... And then it tells us that there was another day where he suffered and died. And it tells us again that there was a day where he rose from the dead. That cause, That's not normal. Is that normal in your life? It's not normal in mine. And when it's not normal like that, guess what I have to do? I have to look at myself and respond one way or the other. You see, Jesus came into the world to give us a new song. And many of us right now have heard this song played and we say, wait, 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 wait. Jack, before you go on, I don't really know where I feel about all this. I'm not ready. And that's okay. But be honest with your fears and doubts. Because what I find out is sometimes we get really lazy with our fears and our doubts. We don't really look into things too much. We kind of look for things that make our fears and doubts just kind of be pushed back. For some of us may say, you know, I was watching Discovery Channel or History Channel the other day and they had some show about Jesus. And after watching that uh, for 15 minutes, I I don't don't believe anymore. And my my response to you is this. Is 15 minutes of maybe an adequately produced television show worth all of eternity in your life? So what I want you to do is these three things as we wind this down today. I want you to, number one, give Jesus a fair chance in your life. Give him a fair chance. Tell him, you know what, I have these fears, I have these doubts, I have these concerns in my life, but guess what? I want to give you a fair chance in my life to really work something out. I want, it to, I want you to put up or shut up in my life. And then here's the second part, which I think gets harder. Maybe be open to the answers that you may find are different from those you think you already know. Don't come with any preconceived notions or self-fulfilling prophecies. Don't look for what you want to find, but be open to what God wants you to find in your life. Come with an open mind and see if he truly is the Savior of the world. And for others of us, if we're really honest, there may have been a time where we responded to Jesus' dance. The song came on It's electric. And we were, woo, jumped right up and got in. And we responded and we realized that it's real and it's true. But if we're really honest, really, really, really honest with ourselves, it's been a long while since we've danced. It's been a long, long while since we've really danced free in Jesus. There's been someone in our life who we've not forgiven, Something's happened. And we don't want to forgive. Today, take that step on the dance floor and respond by saying, I want to forgive them. You may have not given love and support to your wife or husband, but just maybe criticized them privately or publicly. And and maybe you're, you're just placing this lack of self-worth on your children, that you want them to be perfect because you realize the things that you're missing in your life and so you're just dumping on them, dumping on them, want them to be successful in some area so that you can have self-worth and that's horrible to do to your children. Maybe you need to, to stop and just dance a little bit there. Maybe we just need to take off the mask with our friends and even the people that aren't our friends and be real for a moment and say, this is who I am. And be honest with ourselves and with them. Maybe we need to be honest and say, I have an addiction. And it may not be one of the big press ones, but it may be something that is just throwing us all off. And you can't control it and you say, I need help. As I wind this service down, sermon down, how do I want to finish this? Jesus brought a new song to show you life in a full and new way. Hear me in this, Jesus' love for you is real. And it's a fact. We often put it off for a while. And when we say, I'll get to that later, I'll get to that later. And then later in life, we finally open up our lives and we recognize that. We say, oh, why did I wait so long and waste so many years? It's not okay to put it off. It's not okay to put off mending those fences that have kept you from dancing with the Lord. What Jesus' new song says here tonight... Now is the time to dance. Now is the time to dance. And I want you to dance with the Lord on His birthday. Amen? we hope that you enjoyed today's worship service today. I um, hope you enjoyed the message. I hope you enjoyed the, the worship. And even though we weren't together, we are together and through the power of the Holy Spirit. hope you have a great last week of this 2016. What a crazy quick year it's been. And then uh, next time we see you, we will see you on next year in 2017. Wow, that's crazy. So Happy New Year. Um, We'll be back the first, what a great way to start off, the first day of the New Year as we come together and worship the Lord, whether it be online church or whether we hopefully can come together as uh, people together and worship at our our worship center. And regardless, just have a great end of the year. And may uh, one more time, let me say Merry Christmas and Happy Birthday, Jesus. God bless everyone. And may the love of God the power of the holy spirit and our risen savior jesus christ be with you now and forever amen the angels
1: see still through the cold and skies they come with peaceful wings un-